Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally like he dropped Superman down like the drain comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. Good to have you back after the Thanksgiving break. We, we're glad to have you with us tonight. As we continue, we recap what was just a bananas, I mean a bananas weekend in college football. So, uh, glad to have you with us. We have John in Connecticut joining us on the air tonight, and Andy will be joining us in just a couple minutes. And we will, the uh, football contest rolls on, week 14. I mean, what can you say? Michigan finally got it done. How about it? And Auburn almost upset the upset Alabama you know, what a disaster that was, but kind of proof that Brian Harson is Brian Harson and not like somebody like uh, Lincoln Riley, who, by the way, is heading it west to Troy. How about that? So much coaching news to have as well. But, uh, but you know, the NFL was crazy too in its own way. The Cowboy, and let's, uh, but let's not waste any more time about it. You know, folks, time to roll it back into the contest and let you know what's going on here. So much to talk about in in both sports. So um, we got the, fo- the the final playoff to be revealed and the conference championships to come this weekend. Woo! Buckle up, everybody. Let's hit it. <laughs> Football picks week fourteen. Let's do it. All right. Here's what happened last week in the in the action. Now we we also were off last week, so I you can check out what happened in week twelve. Um, on the website, but in week 13, an enormous week for Andy in Seattle. Four and oh, give it up to Andy, making a move in the contest. John holding steady at two and two uh, for week number 13. Ron was in third place at one and three, and I, Dave, with the golden sombrero, oh and four. What an epic, epic fail! And I think a couple of more weren't even close. Uh, Sharon's guest picks. Much better than mine. Two and two for the week. And that gives us these standings after 13 weeks. John, having a great year so far. 31 and 19 in first place. Andy, with a huge move, moving all the way up to second place. He is now 25 and 25 on the season. Ron is in third place at 22, 27 and 1. And Dave is right behind. Actually, literally the same record, but I consider it behind because it was an 0 and 4 week. So I don't deserve to be in third place. 22, 27, and 1 for Dave in the city. And guest picks are 18, 30, and 2 on the year. Unusually bad year for the guest picks. I'm actually disappointed about that, but it's okay. I mean, you know, they can't all be great years, but all good. Um, again, we have John uh, joining us, and Andy will be joining us momentarily. So let's do it. John, absolutely a pleasure. Let me make sure you're potted up. How's it going tonight? What's going on, Dave? Good to be back. Um, hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, Dave. Um, yeah, just a crazy, crazy weekend of games. So I, I don't know where you want to start. It was just um, bizarre in college, pro. We have all these coaching scenarios going on, too. It's just every 
minute you check Twitter, it's like, oh my God, it's just a huge bombshell being dropped everywhere. So yeah. um, some some good stuff going on right now, at least to keep ourselves entertained. Yeah, big uh, yeah. football. Yeah. What a setup for the weekend, too. I mean, we got all these conference championships and actually some juice. I feel like there's juice in the college championships this year because, the you know, if, for example, if Alabama wins, it really changes things. If if for some reason Michigan loses, I can't see it, but if it happens, that would really change things. And, you know, just kind of go, you could go from there. Um, but we're going to start with the NFL first, as we, as, we, as we typically do. And in the NFL... Just as much interesting stuff. I mean, particularly on Thursday when you had the Raiders fend off the Cowboys. I wouldn't exactly say it's a shocking win, but definitely not what I was what I saw coming. I got to give it up to them. But more than the point, let's let's get your recap of the overall action last weekend. You know, everything from Thursday up through Monday, where the uh, football team held off a two point conversion from Seattle to just cling to a victory. John, tell us about what happened last week in in what was another round of wildness in the NFL. Oh, man, yeah. Um, You know, Thursday, I think they just threw another flag in the the Dallas Raiders game. Oh, seriously, Um, right? I mean, come on. (laughs) Ridiculous. I mean, and you'd think, too, like the rest would be in Jerry Jones' pocket. So, you know, they wouldn't throw, like, the the Raiders were essentially playing the – um, Carson Wentz, chuck it deep and hope for a passing interference um, <laughs> offense. And the same guy for the Cowboys, I think Brown, is Brown was his name, the cornerback. I, the same guy got flagged um, like four times. And, you know, that set up a number of the uh, Las Vegas touchdowns. And those were huge plays in the game. And, like, almost all of them were on, like, third and long, too. It was insane. Um, and the Raiders were just like a dead team coming into that game. So who the hell knows about anything in the NFL? Seriously, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I thought Dallas would. I wasn't say they're going to blow them out, but I mean, you know, like a, a ten point win, I would not have been surprised to see that. And, and the Raiders played phenomenal, and certainly those penalties helped. Um, the Cowboys not having all their receivers certainly played a big role. You know, no Lamb or um, Cooper, and you know Cedric Wilson was their their leading receiver, so that was tough. Um, that was really the only juice on Thanksgiving. I mean, I guess the Bears Lions was close, but just to, it was just an eyesore of a game. Like I honestly couldn't tell you much about that one. I was not too into that. And then of course, um, the Bills just destroyed the Saints. I and mean, that wasn't even a, a game from the from the start. The Saints are just they're just completely just crippled with their injuries. I mean, they're starting to maybe get a few guys back for the game Thursday, but um not much juice in terms of the only the game with the juice was the Raiders and the Cowboys game and you know, all of a sudden, like the NFC East, I mean, the, all these executives have got to be like, you know, doing a dance in their office. Like the NFC East is close again, um, you know, because Dallas has dropped a few. Washington's on a hot streak. I mean, everyone loves the Eagles, too, even though they just lost to the Giants. Um, I did. I said I called it with that one. I did have the Giants. It's one of my picks last week. So we'll, we'll take credit for that. But, um, yeah, and, and if you look at the schedules for like all the NFC East, like, they backloaded it so like they're playing five of the six division games to end the season for all all the teams it's, it's just crazy so you're gonna see a lot of nfc east action over the last month of the season in terms of the games on sunday um obviously the big one was green bay and the rams and you know obviously i'm a green bay fan so i'm, I'm biased towards them obviously a little bit but i would just did not understand how you know, the line opened up Green Bay minus two, and by game time, it was 
almost Rams minus three. And like, there was no major injuries for the Packers. Like, yeah, there's no, no additional injuries. Like they were still missing, um, you know, obviously Jair Alexander and Darius Smith on defense. Um, Bakhtiari uh, still hasn't come back at, on a tackle. They lost another tackle, but Rogers was playing. Devonte Adams was playing. They even got back Aaron Jones where Sean Gary came back and he had a huge uh, pressure uh, in the first quarter to get a fumble. So that's that line went really didn't make much sense to me. We just, I don't know. I, I'm guessing some sharps lost some money on that game because for that line to move five points and then the Packers really, they won by eight, but they were in complete control that whole game. Um, Stafford clearly, uh, you know, he wasn't on the injury report, but then there's these, these tweets about how he's not, not a hundred percent. And clearly he didn't look great. I mean, they only did like, they only made two huge plays the entire game to pass to Beckham and pass to Jefferson. Otherwise, it was pretty much, like I said, dominated by Green Bay. So, sets up well for the Packers, honestly. Um, they have tiebreakers now over the Rams and the Cardinals. So, the only team they kind of have to worry about here for the one seed is the Bucks, who have a pretty easy schedule. So, uh, we'll see what happens uh, over these next uh, six weeks. And the Packers have a bye this week, so that's going to be huge for them to get some of these guys back for the stretch run. So, um, we'll see what their team looks like in a couple weeks. Um uh, the, the Colts and the Bucks game was the other kind of really exciting game uh, for the 1 p.m. slate. The game turned when the Colts were – they had the ball up 24-14 in Bucks territory, and Carson Wentz gets strip-sacked, and the Bucks take over, and then from there on, I mean, the momentum was completely changed, and the Bucks um, end up winning the game, even though, you know, it was tied at the end, but – you knew when the Colts scored with like a minute left or whatever, their defense was not going to stop Brady from at least getting a field goal, which would have been nice to, if you were a Colts backer to get a push. But um, Fournette runs it in the end zone and, and they get the, and they get the win. Um, the the Vikings Niners game was pretty exciting as you would expect it to be. The Vikings just play nothing but one possession game, so that was a huge game in the wild card race. Um, uh, San Fran is firmly in there. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like spinning a wheel to see which team is going to be number seven in the NFC this week. Because I guess it's Washington now for their win on Monday. It's number seven in the NFC, which is another evidence that you really don't need a seventh playoff team uh, at this point. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, some of the other games are just kind of kind of duds. Uh, Dave, the Steelers just look absolutely just horrendous. I cannot believe I mm. took them. Uh, against the Bengals. I took him the too. I took him too. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, really, Tomlin is a dog. I mean, the Bengals already beat them. I mean, on paper, it looked like a good pick, but man, they were awful. So the funny thing is, so after that game, um, you know, while that game was going on and they're losing like 41 to three, I said to myself, well, shit, like the Chargers almost lost to this team. Like they can't be any good. So I put a, de- a bet on Denver because, you know, <laughs> against the Chargers because, you know, the, I know the transitive property doesn't really work, but it just it just kind of hit me the wrong way. Like the Chargers nearly gave it up to this Pittsburgh team, so I uh, hit a bet on Denver. But uh, that was a disappointing game for uh, Los Angeles. Um, Pats keep rolling. Andy can probably mention touch on that mm-hmm. uh, as they win six in a row now and cover six in a row. I guess more importantly for betters. Um, and then I quickly, I guess, on the prime time games, I mean. Lamar Jackson throws four interceptions and the Browns can only score 10 points and can't take advantage of that. That was a rough job out of them uh, to not, you know, get that win. Um, and just, it's just an ugly, ugly game. I have no, I can't figure out either of those teams. I don't know, I'm probably just going to stay away from those the rest of the year. You, you just can't predict either of those 
uh, those squads at the moment. And then Monday night, I mean, there's something seriously wrong with the Seattle Seahawks and their offense. It's just rusted. His finger is, and you know, you know, not 100 percent still. Um, you know, they have no running game. It, it's just a disaster. And he still almost came back and made the miracle comeback against Washington. So. Who knows? But their you know, their season's pretty much dead at this point. And um, like I said, by starting it off, Washington back in the mix now. They played Dallas twice, and they played the Eagles twice. They played the Giant like up for grabs in the NFC East. I guess it's a theme to take away from the week. But yeah, and not too many like really good games. I guess now that I'm looking at it, other than that um, Raiders Cowboys game. But hey, you know what? It's it's a football Sunday. We'll take all of them we can get at this point. It's only like a month left, so um, you know good to follow all the action yeah i i i think i i i tend i tended leave like some of the big paper matchups kind of disappointed me and the, i think the biggest example of that was the rams packers game I mean, that was never a game like if you were watching it it's like it was really never a game but uh thanks for the recap john and we say hello to the very festive andy in seattle hanging out here behind main with main street usa behind him how's it going my friend yeah i thought ron would be on uh because you'd get the board reference uh, dave i don't think you were on it but this was um the board hates christmas and i'm on my like <laughs> New job, so I had to hand in my work computer. So I'm on this uh, personal computer that obviously mm-hmm. isn't doesn't have the bells and whistles as my old work computer. But as Fiddle would say, never use a work computer to do personal stuff. Well, that ship has sailed. I mean, I've done everything, <laughs> but uh, websites on that work computer. But it doesn't matter. So yeah, we're on this uh, old personal computer. Uh, loves your. Your boy loves <laughs> Did you hear about that? Oh the other week, yeah, they hated Christmas. So, uh, and they and I think the board hates Disney too. So we we got the best of both worlds here. Love it. I would say that Sharon likes Disney. He's a big Disney guy. I I know I just it's random, but he's a big he and Petey are big on Disney. You know, everybody knows Petey's a big on Disney. We know that already. One hundred percent. But uh, it's a very very colorful visual behind you but i didn't know that's a thing in the dead board man the board is just too much i i was lashing out about that yesterday i was actually on the board i was like lashing out about it. it's like yeah you know enough it's like oh goody you're complaining again you know that doesn't happen oh, it's great we're but we're a cranky bunch we i mean all of us have gotten older anyway but right. we're i mean we are just cranky people and complaining about everything under the sun <laughs> Annie, give it up for yourself for four and oh that's awesome my friend like was tampa bay one of the picks because like that learning no, for net touchdown I, went, I i only went three and one in your pool because i took what Mississippi. yeah man we gotta double wait let me go back how do i that's keep doing this i keep getting it wrong but I, no i went um because i you sure? I took Ole Miss. Yeah, I took Ole Miss. You did. I oh, wrote down. Right. I wrote. Right. I, I wrote Ole Miss. Yeah. I did take Ole Miss. I ended up changing a few things, like because in John's contest I took Green Bay, but in real life I ended up taking the Rams because I fell into the sharp line. Oh, okay. And then when I texted the picks with you, I took Ole Miss because as I tweeted and said, like I all summer long I can't wait to bet against Mike Leach, and then. Thanksgiving morning, I'm on the way to the airport, and I think I was texting John. I'm like, Mississippi State minus two and a half. Like, that makes no sense. Like, I'd be more confident taking Ole Miss if the line was like minus two, minus three. 
I like I don't there's no way why Mississippi State the favorite. So I take Mississippi State in real life and I mean, God, Mrs. I'm never taking Mike Leach in a bowl game mm. again. Take the keys to my gambling account if I ever <laughs> take Mike Leach in a bowl game again. Yeah. But yeah, lucky uh in the contest four and oh. And then in John's contest, yeah, we got we got lucky too. But cool. You know, when you change things in real life, yeah, sometimes you go you have good weeks in the contest, but then you end up doing live bets and other bets and you don't really make money. But all in all, it was a successful weekend. I love it. Uh, Andy, uh, quick question. Did you want Did you anything you wanted to add as far as the NFL week last week? Uh, I caught John mid-breakdown. Mid I will say, you know, like, it's a first world problem. You know, when I'm, when I'm with family over this holiday, like, I don't watch the games nearly as close. You know, it's like I get one TV. So Saturday it's like I'm watching Ohio State, Michigan, and flicking through Florida, Florida State, and, and then I'm watching Auburn, Alabama, and flicking through the other stuff. Sunday's the same way. Like, uh, Dave, I'm sure L.A. and Palm Springs had the same thing. So we had Colts, Tampa. I got Pat's Titans on a little computer screen like this one here. And then on the, you know, the late games, I'm not really watching either because I'm actually doing stuff with my mom. So I, I didn't really get to see a ton. I got to see a decent amount of the Sunday night game. And I would say, like, I'm, we're done watching out for the Browns. The, the Browns have regressed. <laughs> Dave, it's funny. Like, we can talk about this, too. Like, the, the, we, the narratives change so many times in the NFL. Like, what's wrong with the Chargers? When we went to that Chargers-Browns game, the people were like, that, and us, us included, like, this could be a AFC preview because both teams were kind of peaking in in early October and now it's like what's wrong with the LA Chargers like the Browns are a disaster now the Patriots are ascending at the right time everything's on schedule with them Dave we thought the Steelers could have flirted with their own I don't think they can now I, they just look so done um, the Chiefs look to be getting it together the Titans are no longer you know the darlings that a lot of people thought they were going to be you know, the Colts, I know they lost to Tampa, but all of a sudden the Colts look a lot better than they did in the first month of the season. I I think John nailed it. The Seahawks are, they're done. Like, they're just, it's like the end of a, you know, marriage or a long-term relationship, boyfriend-girlfriend. It just doesn't, it's not good. It's, it's ending, it, it doesn't look good. It's, so I'm, I've been hammering against them the last two weeks. And I'm, I'm probably going to take San Francisco this week. So, yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of question marks around the Rams. Uh, Green Bay seems to be, uh, you know, Green Bay's always going to be Green Bay. San Francisco's, they're, they're hot. The Falcons of all teams, they're only, they're in the hunt all of a sudden. You know, it's, it's time to buckle up. We've got, you know, a lot of these teams have five games left on their schedule. And uh, I'm pretty sure most teams, most, you know, the AFC North is all, they're going to be playing each other. New England playing Buffalo two times in the next three weeks. So we're going to really start to see, you know, the rubber rubber meets road here in the NFL season. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that that's uh, pretty – you're getting pretty down to the end of it, but with the extra game, it's a little bit more interesting. Um, thanks for the recap, Andy. Well, we'll look ahead then to what's to come, but first let's go to the picks, everybody. So uh, – 
Man, you got me in the mood. I feel good. I see all those Christmas stuff in the back and Donald Duck and Goofy and Mickey Mouse and who is that? Snow White in there? No, no, no. Who is that? I, I don't know. <laughs> is that Peter Pan and Wendy? I think. I guess. But anyway, I, it, it's, it's, I'm just. This is just nonsense. Now, let's see who's gonna go first with the picks. All right. So it's. Oh, John, it's your pitch. Yeah, you're you're the leader for the season. So let's give it to you for the picks when you're ready. All right, Dave. Um. So we're gonna start here. Look at my spreads. All right. Um. Honestly, I don't know if you took. I mean, you guys probably looked at the card this week. Very, very ugly slate of games. Yeah. Um, I do not know where to go really with these, so we're just kind of, kind of go off our feelings. Uh, just my gut reaction to looking at the spread. So um, I'm going to start with uh, fading Kingsbury on the road. So we are going to take the Bears plus seven and a half at home against the Cardinals. Um, now Murray still has not been like officially said they had not officially said all right well he's 100 percent starting so you could get a scenario here like the past couple of arizona games where the spread like will drop four points by sunday and it could be you know mccoy getting you know uh three and a half by game time but here you, you get seven and a half against chicago um you know I, it didn't matter against seattle because like we talked about they're just completely just a dead team but um carolina beat them up pretty good um, even if Murray does play, like he's probably might be a little bit limited, I and mean, that's his whole game too, his mobility. Um, I, I just don't trust Arizona playing this kind of number on the road, and you know I'm sure there's gonna be some elements in the mix here in Chicago, just cold, windy weather. It's just I just think the Bears' defense will be good enough to keep this game um, within a touchdown. So give me Chicago to start off here, uh, plus seven and a half for the first game. Um, uh, Dalton played okay on Thanksgiving. I mean, I don't think he's uh, like a downgrade from Fields. Obviously, you'd like Fields to have the rushing um, element to his game to add to the offense. But, um, you know, I, I think Dalton will, will do enough. And like I said, I think Arizona probably will win, but I think this will be a this will be a pretty close, low-scoring game. So, uh, give me the Bears plus 7.5 for game one. Game two, um, I'm going to take the Bills on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. It's only minus three. Like if it was more, if it was like four or five, I wouldn't do it. But you know, the Patriots have covered one and covered six games in a row. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of regression coming here at some point. Um, they've played some pretty rough teams lately. I mean, the, the, they played the Titans, missing basically every offensive weapon. I mean, the Falcons. If Cordell Patterson doesn't play, they can't score a point. And they they played them a couple weeks back. Um, the Browns are clearly a shell of themselves, and they, they played them. So they've kind of had a, a fortunate schedule um, over the last month or so to kind of rack up these these wins. I'm not saying they're not a, a, a good team. They're clearly playing uh, really good football right now. I just think the competition they played a little bit down, and, you know, I just think there's a little bit of regression coming. Um, you know, Mac Jones has played great, but he hasn't. they really haven't asked him to do that much. And I think maybe – this could be a spot where um, there might be a little more pressure on him now uh, to, to perform. And, you know, we'll see how he handles it. Uh, where I think the Bills, you know, they're a very Jekyll and Hyde team. Like when they show up, they they dominate. And when they don't, as we saw like in the games against the Jaguars um, and the Colts, when they, they lay an egg, it's pretty bad. But when they show up, they really play well. And I think um, 
you know, there's, there's such a talented roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think they'll be able to um, slow down what New England's going to throw at them. And then uh, Josh Allen will will make some plays. And I think the Bills can win this by a field goal. So I think at worst you'll, you'll get a push here. And I just think it's a good time to kind of sell high on New England. So, um, again, my, not my most confident week picks for the NFL. I have no idea how we're going to do for my pool when we do seven because this, the thought of that just is making me crazy right now. Um, but uh, for this week, we'll go with Chicago plus seven and a half and Buffalo um, minus three for NFL week 13 picks. All right. Good luck. I mean, thank you for the picks, John. Oh, good luck too, but but thank you for the picks. Tough week. You're right. I mean, that the Buffalo game is going to be – it looks like it could be a really good one. But uh, before we get into that, let's go to Andy and let's get your picks for week number 13 in the NFL. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, you know, game number one, I'm I'm going to, you know, go head-to-head with John, not because I think he's wrong, but I'm just I'm just wearing the, the pom-poms here with New England. And uh, I'm going to take the pass, getting three. You know, if I take my heart outside of the equation, I can actually see the Bills, you know, romping the pats and everything. Oh, they suck. And then two weeks later, that's when Belichick gets his revenge at home. But I'm obviously not doing that. I'm actually going to take the pats in game one. Looking at this, no no one knows what the forecast is going to be. But it's showing right now that it could be uh, you know, windy and in a, a wintry mix Monday night. I guess we'll have to see how that actually transpires. But yeah, it's just a matter of um, the, taking a team that has covered a bunch in a row. And I know, and John documented really nicely. Like they have been kind of uh, the, the beneficiary of playing, you know, a Brown team that can't get out of their own way, a Titans team that's been decimated with injuries a uh, charter team that's very Jekyll and Hyde you know let's not forget earlier in the year the Patriots had struggled to beat teams like Houston uh, they are, they've lost to Miami you know they're not a perfect team I'm, they're, they're just clicking in the right direction and yeah you can also say they're due for a loss And uh, but I'm just going to take my chances on a, a team that's uh, you know the Bills are very up and down so you know, you don't really know what you're going to get. I know uh, in the beginning of the year, it was like a foregone conclusion that the Bills were going to, you know, ascend. And, uh, you know, close your eyes. It's going to be Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship game. And it still might. But, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. I'm just going to ride the Pats until they, you know, you know, they show their other side of the coin, which they can do. But... You know, it's, it's tough to bet against the Pats when you're a Patriot Mongo and they're on this, you know, winning streak. And, you know, Belichick's going to keep his team grounded, I would think. I'm just trying to pop up their schedule real quick to, to see what other... Uh, yeah, the Fal- yeah, you know, they beat the Falcons. They beat the, the Panthers. They haven't really played Murderer's Row. This is the litmus test now. The two games against the Bills and the Colts. And then, obviously, they always struggle against Miami but you know this is going to be a game where everyone's going to be paying attention to Monday night AFC East Pats Bills give me Pats plus three for game number one game number two as I kind of hinted I'm going to take the 49ers giving three and a half against Seattle um 
Seattle is is just they're just not clicking at all. They have no running game. It's weird. It's crazy. They cannot they cannot get off the field when they're on defense on third down, and then on offense they can they just they can't stay on the field at all. Um, every game, it's like the other team's got the you know got the ball 40 minutes and the Seahawks have it for 20 minutes. It's it's crazy. It's not sustainable. I was watching the. Uh, I think it was a game against the uh, against the Packers, and Romo was like, "You gotta love the Seahawks defense." Like, yeah, uh, you know they let the other team go from you know twenty to twenty, but they hold them to three points a lot in the red. Like, that's not sustainable. Like, you your defense is gonna get tired, and especially when your offense cannot convert third down, your defense is gonna be so gassed. And that's what happened against Washington. That's what happened against Green Bay. Wilson. You know, Mr. Unlimited probably came back from his injury a little too early, and he's not right. Their best offensive performance was against the Jaguars with Geno Smith, of all people. And the 49ers, I know they lost Samuel, Debo Samuel again, but they just seem to be, uh, you know, they found their second win, and now they're they're right in it again. And they've got, you know, you got to take care of business against Seattle if you, if you want to inject yourself in the NFC postseason mix as we uh, enter December and yeah this is just I, I think the end is near for you know Pete and Russell next year I think uh, at least one of them will be on a different team you can't you know can't stick around forever so game number two give me the 49ers giving three and a half against a very lost and confused Seahawks team alright thanks for the pick Sandy it's very interesting spread I mean to have to see the Niners giving three and a half on the road. Definitely different times in the NFL these days. So let's go ahead and go to Ron's picks, which he sends via the text tonight. And here they are. Here they come, everybody. All right. So we're going to go with. Give me a second here. Okay. For Ron, here we go. From the NFL in week 13, he starts with the Dolphins. Giving four and a half at home against the Giants. The Dolphins seem to be a different team. I think Tua's going to play. I'll double check that. But um, but the Giants coming off a win. I mean, that's just a general, g- generally good principle play to fade them. So I mean, the Giants did not look good. Man, I was watching the cut-ins of that game on a red zone. Their offense looked terrible. I can't believe they won. That's just crazy. They could not score a touchdown. I don't even know how they got a touchdown. Like I was like, what? Every time I saw them at the goal line, they couldn't get in. Jones' throws are going like 10 feet over everybody's heads. Anyway, Dolphins giving four and a half. Game number one. Game number two for Ron. Going with the Jets. Getting six and a half against the Eagles. And the panel has been really, really down on Philadelphia. Because they're not buying their their record. I totally get it. So he will go with the Jets getting the six and a half points. And and for Ron to, to do that. It really speaks to where the where he thinks the Eagles are at the moment. So Dolphins minus four and a half, Jets plus six and a half. The picks for Ron in week thirteen, and that brings us to my picks, which really don't matter because my picks stink. But I'll try them anyway. So let's try. Let's just see what we got. Okay, so week thirteen in the NFL. I'll say this: my NFL picks have been good. 
but just not in the contest for whatever reason. So, um, let's start with this. We're going to go with the Saints getting four against the Cowboys. Now, why? doesn't make any sense. In fact, actually, now that I think of it, it makes even less sense. I mean, that's probably a bad pick, but you know what? I don't know. The Cowboys, they seem to be flawing, aren't they? They are really starting to come off like the wheel. You can kind of see the wheels coming off that wagon. I'm very curious as to whether they can put away a team here. So the Saints look looked awful against Buffalo, but this is the NFL. They can come back and they'll probably look competitive in this game because it's the NFL. Teams are still getting paid and everything else. Cowboys might come in a little flat. You never know in the Superdome. So we'll see. Game number two, two principles in play. Two. The principle number one, Andy Reid off a bye. Principle number two, Broncos off a win. This is not a good team. They, you well, know, okay, they're, they're whatever team. But I did kind of have a feeling about them against the Chargers. I thought that they would give them a tough time. And surely enough, they ran away with it in mile high. So coming off of that, going to Kansas City and then playing the Chiefs coming off the bye. Now, the Chiefs have not looked good this year, but they are still winning games. Like, that's what's weird about it. It's like, they've looked terrible, but they were kind of, I think they're on like a four or five game win streak. So away we go. We're going to go with the Chiefs giving 10 against the Broncos. And it's a lot of points, I'll tell you. I, I generally don't like to do that in a division game, but I think the Broncos are going to have a huge letdown here. So we'll take our chances with it. So Chiefs giving 10, Saints plus 4. The picks for week 13. And that brings us to guest picks, which are from... They're from Mike in North Jersey. Let's switch over here and then take a look at them. All right, so Mike gives us these picks. Let's see. Do we have any checkers and checkers yet? No. Um, I don't think so. I think so. We'll we'll start. No, no, we might have. No, we don't. Okay. So we're gonna start with the Bengals giving three against the Chargers, and then for Mike, he also selects the Raiders giving two and a half. This is in Las Vegas, I believe. Yeah, at home against Washington. So for Mike, it's going to be Bengals giving three and Raiders giving two and a half for week 13 it's a tough week it's a tough week i mean do i tr would i trust the raiders giving two and a half against anybody right now no but um it is what it is i mean it's it's fine like i think we'll, we'll see what happens uh the rest of the way but here are the featured games for week 13 i i really had to stretch some of these because i honestly the only really featured game to me would be andy the game with Nance and Romo. No, no, actually, it's the Patriots and Bills. That's the one. But but the, the game with Nance and Romo does deserve to be in there. I, guess, I, I think this is like a do-or-die scenario for the Steelers. This is their last chance to do anything and make the playoffs. This is it. They need this game. Ravens kind of need this game, too. I mean, they have looked kind of... Uh, they've looked a little ragged lately. Their offense looks bad. I mean, you know, Lamar had four interceptions, I think. Four? It was a lot. So, they'll be the featured game on CBS. Yes, I've included Nance and Roma this week. But uh, it just shows to show you also how the week just looks. It just There's not a lot of great games. Like, Chargers-Bengals should be good, but I don't know. Both defenses are bad. It's hard to say whether one team might just might just come off the rails. We'll see. But those are featured games. There you go. And let's go back to John. Let's get your look at this week's action. Yeah, yeah. Interesting week on paper. Like I said, some of these, it's it's crazy. You have like all these teams on the road favored by like a touchdown or more in the early early window. So there's a lot of lots of teaser potential if you're into that kind of thing. I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. Like, all right, you do your 
Vikings, Colts. Uh, I picked against the Cardinals, but I mean, you could throw the Cardinals in there. Um, teaser, and then um, maybe throw in like tease up like the the Chargers to nine. There you go. There's your four team teaser for one o'clock right there. Um, but yeah, uh, the the Chargers Bengals like that would have been my third pick. I would have to say it's it's crazy like i always try to do like the buy low sell high kind of thing in the nfl and it's a perfect spot to to pick the chargers because they're coming off of just a horrible performance in denver and we just saw the bengals win by what 35 points against the steelers so it's like oh bengals only giving three like that looks way too easy well maybe not um you know the chargers are such a schizophrenic team like i could easily see them showing up and playing one of their their good games in this one um, so I, I might be on LA for this matchup. I mean, um, Denver has a pretty good defense. I would not say the same uh, about Cincinnati, although they did make <laughs> the Steelers look pretty inept. But I mean, you know, the Steelers are pretty good at doing that. So I, I again, I would I would kind of I would lean LA with the points in this one, or at least definitely do that teaser. I don't see um, the Chargers losing by more than you know more than a touchdown in this game. This should be a close game because uh, you know it's a huge playoff uh, implication. Huge game with playoff implications. Um, yeah, the the Steelers Ravens. That's a that's a rough one for Nance and Romo. They've got some bad games this year. Um, they really feel do. bad for those guys. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Can't you can't be too bad. Um, yeah, Dave, you're right. This is like the, the Steelers season. I mean, you got to figure they're going to put up a, at least a halfway decent effort at home. But man, their offense looks bad. So the Ravens. So does the, the Ravens' offense. Like maybe unders the look for this game. Um, was it 40, like 44, 43? I could see this being like a 20 to 17 kind of game. Um, I had to pick, I'd probably lean Pittsburgh just because it's like three and a half now, that half point. But man, I don't know if I want to touch this game at all. Um, I touched on the Patriots game for Monday night. Um, yeah, tomorrow's game is pretty interesting. Dave, I actually do agree. I, li- I like your Saints pick, I have to say. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, not that it means anything, but I, I just think, you know, well, McCarthy being out might be a positive for the for the Cowboys. Well, I mean, well, you know, we'll but see. guess who's coaching in his place though? Dan Callen Moore though, isn't it? I the thought well, I think they said it was going to be the defensive coordinator, the, the former Atlanta coach. I'll double check. Oh, Quinn. Okay. I think it was. Well, I know Callen. Yeah, Callen Moore might be innovative to you know. You know. I was uh, thinking. Yeah. Um, I'm going to double yeah. check because I did see an article about it. I thought it was going to be Kellen Moore too. That's why I was so surprised at it. I'm like, you know. Okay, it might it might be Quinn. Either way, like, you know, it definitely disrupts disrupts a team when you're missing a bunch of coaches like that. Even if it yeah. isn't McCarthy, I mean, he's still the head coach of the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so the Saints are going to be starting Hill. I mean, I don't know. I think he's better than Simeon. At least he can add something with his legs, and maybe they can do some of that like read option play. I don't think Kamara's playing, so that's definitely hurts. But Ingram will be back, so that mm-hmm. will help. I don't know. I just think the Saints aren't going to lay what three eggs in a row here. I think they'll show up tomorrow. I, I, I like I like the Saints in that game. Um, as far as the other games on Sunday, excuse me. Um, I don't know. There's really some bad games on paper. You <laughs> figure the Colts the Colts will just run over Houston. I mean that that's probably another good pick too. Like Houston, um, Houston is bad. Like I stupidly took them to beat the Jets. So I deserve to lose that pick. I mean, that, that's a game that no one should have even played. It shouldn't have been televised or even on the board. Hands <laughs> me with that line of Houston minus two and a half, and it certainly did it. My goodness, um, yeah, just, yeah, terrible, terrible. Can't even beat the Jets. So yeah, 
the, as long as the Colts like don't have a hangover from the Bucks game, they should just run all over Houston. So I do like that pick actually. If I had to make a few, I'm, I'm think, slowly figuring my picks for the week here as I'm talking this out, Dave. Um, <laughs> and then in the late games, yeah, that San Fran game, I, I probably have to agree, agree with Andy. How can you put money on Seattle unless you're just trying to be so contrarian that you know you're just going against the the public, which sometimes works, but in some cases the the right the obvious pick is the right pick. Um, in that in that regard, and then uh, Washington and Vegas—that's another interesting game. Who the heck knows? I mean, that's just—I mean, Washington's playing better, but again, they just beat a, a corpse of a Seattle team. So, going on the road against Vegas—I mean, Car Car's playing playing pretty well. I mean, I would have to lean probably Vegas under. It's two and a half now. Again, it's a number that looks kind of too easy, like. Oh, Raiders only by a field goal at home? Like, yeah, give me that. So that's that's my only hesitation. But I would definitely lean more with the Raiders in that game than the other game where I would go with the uh, the Chargers with the, with the Bengals game. Um, Bengals only given three. So, yeah, it pretty pretty ugly card, I have to say, in terms of betting. But yeah. Should be some interesting games anyway to follow um, on Sunday. Yep. I, I mean – it, there's like potential for it to be interesting. Like the, you know, like how we would talk about like, oh, this looks like a bad week in paper for college football, but it winds up being really good. This could happen. This could happen this week because I feel like it was a little bit of the opposite last week, where like, oh man, we have these matchups, and then but some of them weren't that good. You know, like the Baltimore game was a good example. Like that was rough. So we'll see. I mean, a lot of potential. Like you said, teaser potential, uh, over under potential. I'll look at the weather. Anyway, Andy, let's go look at your – let's give your get your thoughts on this week's action and uh, what's to come there. Yeah, you know, I'll just be kind of making my final decisions, you know, Saturday night at, you know, 3 in the morning or whatever before I make the picks. But, um, you know, it, it's weird. This this NFL season, it's, it's so crazy, right? Like, right. so last week – like I, I, I took the Raiders because I don't know why. I was just like I don't know. I, I like taking the dogs on Thanksgiving, the road dogs, or the teams on the road for some reason. But there's no reason to take the Raiders. They had just lost like three in the road. They lost to the Giants. They lost to uh, they lost and they, and they lost to the Chiefs on that Sunday night game, and then they lost to someone else. Like. You know, they were trending in the wrong direction. So now they beat Dallas, and now they're, like, back in it. And now Washington, Washington's a team that's – they've got rejuvenated life. And so, yeah, that, that game's just a total crapshoot. Um, Cincinnati, L.A. Chargers, if anything, like, that game should be the 425 Nansen Robo game. But um, Raven Steelers it is. Yachts is actually going to be there. Yeah, you mentioned that. You're right. That's right. Good luck. Have oh. fun. Congratulations. Sorry. Can whatever it may be. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna, Something some else. Sort of, yeah, he's gonna get it all on Sunday. Um, but yeah, it's weird because as as you guys mentioned, as you, and Dave, as you well know, like classic Tomlin. Yep. Tomlin as a dog is like usually you want to take Tomlin as a dog. That's that's the Steelers in a nutshell. They they play up or down to their opponent um but oh they've just been roethlisberger's just looked so bad the last two weeks in a row i know they almost came back against la on that sunday night but ooh, they they were just atrocious against 
the Bengals. Like that game was like 21-3, like almost like you know a half hour into that game. So we'll, I guess we'll just have to you know wait and see on, you know, the average like casual sports fan be like, oh yeah, Ravens, but you know that's why they play the game. And uh, we'll see. And uh, I'm gonna have to go to oddshark.com and confirm the history of Broncos Chiefs because I always take the Broncos against the Chiefs, and it's just like the Denver could just—they cannot move the ball. And I, for whatever reason, whenever the Denver Broncos and the Chiefs play, especially when the game's in Denver, I always end up taking Denver. It always seems to be like a Thursday night game, and I'm like, this is why I'm not taking Denver. I'll, I'll take the Chiefs in this one because, yeah, bye week and all. And then, yeah, I'll probably – it seems like all of us might be leaning New Orleans tomorrow, which could be very scary. But I can't trust the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys might have peaked too soon. You know, all these teams were like – Oh, they're great. No, no, no one's great this year. There's just so much. Players get hurt. Um, It's just, I don't know. It's, there's really no like great team, which is, you know, if you're, if you're John, you're like, this is all, it's all kind of shaping up for, you know, Green Bay, Tampa Bay in the NFC. Right. Right. I, I don't, I think the Rams are just too kind of hobbled. Maybe the Rams will find their equilibrium against Jacksonville because Jacksonville's so bad, but I don't know. Uh, all these, there's not like a huge point spread this week, you know, except for the LA Rams. Well, the Denver one too, though, right? Like the, the 10 Denver, points. Yeah, Denver's like nine and a half. Yeah. And I would probably, uh, the I, I'm going to, Take uh, outside with Ron and take the Dolphins. I, I already know that I'm going to take some stupid money line parlay, and the the, the Dolphins are going to be on it. And and uh, I don't know. I don't know. The Bengals are probably going to be on it. Bengals. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll probably. Yeah. I. Think That's interesting. Do I'm it. probably going to take the Bengals. Okay. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad pick. I'm just saying because it's interesting because like you could be on either side of that, right? You could totally see it. But the chart, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Take the over. But then I look at the weather. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to take it yeah, over. Yeah, that's a game that you would just kind of like assume there'd be a lot of points scored. Yeah. Based on, you know, based on the eyeball test. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it hits for you. Either way, like that that'd be a, that could be a really good game. Or it could be a terrible game. Well, maybe I'm just being extra uh, wishy-washy. <laughs> we're getting the nitty-gritty in the John's uh, pool. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's it's getting down to it, John. Like we, it's yeah, yeah. It really is. Oh man, yeah. Decision. You guys, uh, Andy, seven and all week. That only the second one all year. So that was really good. Put yourself in a nice spot, but Andy, very very close. Done close standing so we'll see what happens but um i've been playing like some of these unders and i'm it just it's infuriating to watch like an under of 43 just get burnt by like um for example i had the patriots titans under the other day and the only reason the over hit was because the titans went for it like fourth and 14 on their own territory late in the game you know it was the right play in terms of a coaching move because favorable was playing to win the game but in terms of like busting an under it just killed it because then the Patriots just ran it in from the 20 yard line after that. I was so annoyed about that. Um, 
So I already can see that happening this weekend with like the Giants and the uh, Dolphins because there's no way that game should go over like 41 points or whatever it is because the Giants, I don't think they've scored more than like 17 in any of their last few games. And Miami's defense is really good and their offense isn't that great. That should be like 17 to 10, but there's going to be some like bullshit, you know, kick return or block punt or pick six and that'll, that'll end it like, you know, 23 to 20 somehow and you know i'd lose but i already know that that's gonna be an under pick. so a, fa- a fair warning it's is the right side though. Was on the under like all the unders that i take and just get busted in some bullshit manner this year so <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. it's tricky when it's under 45 that's the thing it's like when it's less than 45 points it could really go either way like uh so it's kind of fortunate for that purpose is the uh the ravens game i think andy mentioned this somebody mentioned this i think you mentioned it actually the over-under, I think, at the moment is 45, 44. So that, that's pretty good. Mm. But if it was like 42, ooh, I don't know. Could Yeah, yeah. For, was that the Ravens and Steelers? Yeah, I yeah. would say under 44 for that, for yeah. sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, when we get to college, I got a real proposition for you guys. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Long-term stuff, talking about like degenerate moments of the week and whatever. But uh, let's go right to college football and... <laughs> All right, so let's let's get a look at what happened last week in college. Um, a lot, <laughs> I guess. That's just sort of the summary. It was unbelievable. Like we had, um, we had we. I I I'm more happy that Michigan won than I am disappointed that Ohio State lost. And believe me, my card got hammered because of that. I had so much shit tied around like Ohio State winning parlays, spread bets over-unders, whatever. The whole thing got blown up because Michigan won the game. But you know what? I don't care because I, I really was happy for them finally getting it done because the rivalry is never complete unless the other team wins too. So from that standpoint, I was very, very satisfied with that outcome regardless of how the card... The card I've been doing shitty with college anyways. It doesn't matter. Um, the Auburn game was just frustrating. Um, I, I'm not going to get too much. You did. Eddie can probably break that down better. But a lot to come. So, John, we'll start with you. The first thing I want to ask you, so the NC State game was ridiculous, like the way that ended, like it's just a crazy comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Andy knows. <laughs> yeah, we all had money on NC State. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is wild. But So do you want to start with the last week's action or do you want to start with the coaching stuff? Because that was its own, Matt. That was crazy. Like So it ends with Lincoln Riley here in L.A., it ends with like Brian Kelly, who knows where, or maybe we know where at this point. You have Napier. You guys were talking about this. Napier going somewhere. He went to Florida. So, do you want to do coaching stuff first, or do you want to do like the the weekend action first, John? Uh, we'll we'll do coaching first, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Dave, what a home run by USC! Oh, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you can't. I mean, and honestly, people are like killing Riley. Like it's a it's a smart career move because who wants to go? The SEC, man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be brutal. Like they're gonna just be churning coaches out of there like nothing. Like yeah. three years, oh, you can't win more than eight games. Like you're going on. Like it's gonna be so like pressurized, and you already see it now. It just, um, it's it's not a tenable situation for a lot of these guys to for long term right. stability. Like he can go to the West Coast and just completely dominate Pac-12 yep. conference at USC. Um, so I, I think it was a great move on his part, and you know. He'll he'll do very well there. I already saw he took um, some of the recruits that he was taking to Oklahoma that were from Southern California, like this five-star quarterback. 
already like decommitted and then committed to USC already. So that was a, a great job. Whoever negotiated that, um, tremendous job out of out of uh, the athletic director and, and the administration there. So kudos to USC. Um, who saw Brian Kelly to LSU coming? I mean, my goodness, like that's just like we're living in bizarro world. Like if you had told me on August 28th that on championship Saturday, the last two games of the night we're watching would be Wake Forest, Pitt, um, Michigan, Iowa, and Brian Kelly would be at LSU. Like I'd say, like the world was probably ending. <laughs> that is just, I yeah. mean, bizarre, completely bizarre. And I don't see it's a complete opposite move, the career move of Lincoln Riley. Like I don't understand why he would make that move, other than they're paying him, you know, ten times more than he was. Oh, not ten times more, maybe double his pay. Uh, than Notre Dame because it's that's just going to be a, a tough situation again tough to try to win at in the SEC I mean someone's going to have to win obviously but um, competing against all these other coaches it's going to be it's going to be tough so um, but hey good luck to him and now it looks like that uh, Cincinnati um, excuse me Notre Dame is going to stick with their defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman who <laughs> I think we've talked about before uh, on the show is kind of like an up and coming coach, but you know what? They probably really wanted fickle, but the way the college recruiting cycle is now like the early signing day is in two weeks. Like they can't wait. They can't wait for him to, to coach the college football playoff. And if Cincinnati wins and makes the playoff, he's not leaving for Notre Dame while like Cincinnati's in the college football playoff. That's just not happening. I mean, he could, but like, he'd just be, you know, huge douchebag. And like that just would not look, look good on, you know, on his name, to be honest. So um, they're probably they'll stick with Freeman. And it looks like uh, they're uh, they're going to keep their offensive coordinator Tommy Reese too. So no one wanted to go to LSU with Kelly. So he's pretty much stuck at this point down there with, with God knows who. But I mean, I think that'll probably work out well, honestly, for Notre Dame. So they got a young up and coming coach who can like build his own kind of legacy there. So I, I think that'll I think Notre Dame either him or Fickle would have worked out. Um, obviously, Fickle was, was their number one target. But like I said, I don't think he was going to leave Cincinnati while they're in the college football playoff. And obviously we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, so that, I think that was the number one reason for that. Uh, uh, Washington hires the coach from Fresno, uh, Kalen DeBoer, and then they get their transfer quarterback, uh, Jake Hayner, who was at Washington then went to Fresno and I was back to Washington because this guy's the coach. So um, some good stuff there from them. Um, trying to think of any other, Oh, so there's like a then like in the these southern kind of Texas teams all made these moves. So I I have no idea. Let's, let's put TCU on the fade list for next year because they just hired Sonny Dykes. I don't oh, know no. what they're doing with that. That's I didn't yes. know that. Yeah, I have no idea what no. they're doing. Like he'll win you seven games, score a bunch of points, and have like five head scratching losses because that's basically what he does at SMU every year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I do not know what's going on with that, but hey, you know, good luck to them. So they'll be on a fade list for next year. Um, <laughs> with our, uh, SMU replaced him with Rhett Lashley, who I know actually was coordinator at UConn for one year. He was at Miami this year. So I think that was a good good job by them. Um, trying to think of anything else noteworthy. Um, oh, yeah, Napier to Florida. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. Mm. I mean, he's done a nice job at Louisiana, but. I, honestly, I, I can't say one way or the other. Well, I'm neutral on that one. Uh, that's what I'll say about Napier to go into Florida. Um, and then Oklahoma's pretty much screwed at this point. Like, I don't know who they're going to get. 
and they're losing recruits left and right. It's just not good for them. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe it's, maybe it's Urban Meyer. Maybe it's Dan Mullen. Who knows? Like he can, he's going to resurface here somewhere. Um, maybe he's going to resurface at like a Mac school or something. Like remember, uh, McElwain's now at Central Michigan. I could see Mullen doing something like that for for a couple of years. But man, what a, what a, a hot stove of, of coaching! And we're still only at the beginning. And like no NFL teams have fired their coach yet too, so that could play into oh, yeah. all this as well once that starts happening. So man, what a what a crazy time! It really is. Um, I don't know why Chris Chip Kelly or is so, I'm not sorry. Uh, I keep making I made this mistake years ago. Brian Kelly, I don't know why he's afraid of the NFL. It feels like he's afraid of the NFL. Like you would think he'd have a head coaching job over there by now. You know? The results oh, are the I, results. I, I would welcome Brian Kelly in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, target? I don't yeah. think that would work. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know. That would, that would be like a Greg Schiano scenario. Remember when he was in the NFL for a yep. couple of years? Yep, how yep. that went? That was that was pretty rough. Well, someone Someone shared like when they're you know they're discussing the Notre Dame options for a coach. They showed a picture of Matt Lafleur like when he was Notre Dame quarterbacks coach, and I wanted to punch the person through the phone. Like, no, he is not leaving for Notre Dame. Sorry. Oh man, yeah, I can imagine all the rumors right now with all that stuff, with all the coaching scenarios. So Andy, let's swing it to you. Yeah, that was great. You know what? A lot of that stuff happened on Monday, and I was like. I was doing it. I was doing it like doing something else, and then I just look at my phone like, "Did you see this happen?" And it's like, "What in the hell?" I was just like, Phew. "Like it was crazy." But Andy, let's get your thoughts on the coaching scenarios. Yeah, I mean, quickly on Dykes, like he's the same media that covered him at TCU is gonna cover him at SMU. I mean, it's still like it's Fort Worth, yeah. you know? Like that's just a that's weird. Like he's leaving TCU and then going to or. You know, you get, that's a good point. Passenger. It's pretty you close, yeah. Like 40 miles away. But yeah. uh, just – I don't think Brian Kelly would be successful in the NFL. I think he, he's just too much of a – I don't think a, the average NFL player would respect him, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. He's, he's – I, I think I said this on – yeah, on the board. Like, the difference between James Franklin and Brian Kelly is, like, they're both assholes. Brian Kelly does not – hide the fact that he's just a complete jerk where James Franklin like will like deny being a jerk but he's he's a jerk but I think Brian Kelly's just a complete jerk um good luck to him at LSU you gotta play Alabama every year you gotta play Auburn every year you gotta play Florida every year it's gonna be interesting but uh just in general like the hot stove with college football and the coaching like the whole like the purity of college football has been dead for years. Like anyone that says otherwise is just is joking or just completely naive. Like it's it's a business. I'm watching this crack and shootout here. Um, it's a you know it's it's just a business. Um, we gamble our rear ends off. We love it. Like, but the, in this day and age, like. In the SEC, nine and three, these coaches are going to be on the hot seat. And, you know, the dog took all these calls from like these butthurt Notre Dame guys being, this was before the Brian Kelly news. God, I fucking lost. Fuck. Sorry, distracted. Big parlay down the tubes. We lost a shootout. Fucking cracking loss in a shootout. They fucking suck. But anyway, <laughs> let's, let's get back. 
Let's focus here. Like, I thought they started well. Aren't they, weren't they like kind of doing well oh, there? No, they, no, they've been playing really well. They had won like five in a row. But yeah. You got to beat Detroit. Fuck. Fuck. Detroit beat anyway, Boston the other night too. What the hell's going on there? Jeez. I had a Celtics crack in parlay plus 210. Oh, man. Anyway. Oh. Anyway. Back okay. to the podcast. Keep, keep it to the podcast. <laughs> like... like it's like, did you see Saban's press conference on the before the Auburn game? Like that was more like I think that was like he made it seem was like the players, but he made it, that was like him like lashing out because he was like an Alabama fan like just used to be happy about a win. He's like an Alabama fan now they they don't like it when we don't win by when we don't cover. And he's like he's like I'm so sick of like everyone saying team is team is done after two losses like the te- teams are most dangerous when they've lost two in a row but that's how we treat it like once you lose two games you're out of the playoff and that seems like that's just a bad narrative like they might be out of the playoff but like they got pride like AM, like all these teams that lose two in a row like they don't they don't want to go on a slide but we interpret it like yeah it's a disaster of a season if you're a team like lsu and you have two losses because your expectations were to be in the playoff, but if you have two losses, you're not going to be in the playoff. And with Lincoln Riley, like we talk about, you know, how captain and the Yankee fan, like they're so aggressive and crazy about their team. Like that's the, that's like the Southwest and the SEC football fan. Like, and it just matriculates like those institutions, like that's all they have. That's all they have in Alabama. That's basically all they have in Austin, Texas. That's all they have at College Station. That's all they have in the swamps of LSU. And so, like Lincoln Riley was, he was he, like the Oklahoma captain. Like they actually, you know, kind of, I'm going to shit on Brian Cashman's car. Like people go to Lincoln Riley's house and like toilet paper his trees, like. And, like, Lincoln Riley wasn't taking it just from Oklahoma. Like, Lincoln Riley was taking it from, like, SEC fans. Being like, Lincoln Riley doesn't want to come to our conference. Like, he's a, you know, he's a lip, he's a lip chart. He just wants to go to California. Like, SEC is such a bad program. And, like, I don't know. Like John says, like, would you rather go to the SEC and compete with Saban, Harson, Brian Kelly, the Florida guy, um, you know, in Texas and Oklahoma every year, or would you rather go to the Pac-12 and coach? Uh, you know, their contemporaries are, you know, a crazy Herm Edwards, you know, an old Chip Kelly, an unproven Washington State coach, an unproven Fresno State coach, you know, a Bill Belichick disciple at Arizona. You go to SEC. Oh yeah, you go to yeah, go to Southern California, and so. It's uh, good good for Lincoln Riley. Uh, I think, you know, the South Car- uh, South Southern California, it elevates the team. It's going to elevate the program because, you know, everyone likes SC, and now that SC has, like, a high-profile coach, it's going to elevate that conference's reputation, I think. And, um, yeah, that, it, I, it's, a, it's a great move for anyone that's interested in, like, Getting that Pac-12 rejuvenated, getting them ahead of the ACC, which we'd, we'd like to see, and you know, crazy times, crazy times. I'm he- fucking pissed at the crack. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can feel it. There, if you're a pain in there, because like I was saying with the Detroit, I had a two leg parlay on Monday. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. I forget which day, but it was like Boston and they were like giving like 300 too. It was like Boston and some other team. The other team won easily. And then like Boston, like spit the bit there in the third period against Detroit. So. I don't know what was going on with Detroit. That's weird. Um, but thank you for that uh, recap, you, you guys. That That's actually really good. I'm glad we, we started with that because I didn't want to forget about the coaching scenarios. That was just nuts. It really was. So uh, back to John. Michigan gets it done. NC State, wacky, you know. Um, I don't know what else you can say. I mean, uh, Jackson Dart almost pulled the upset against BYU. Being of the Mountain West, like BYU's not a Mountain West, but that Mountain West was ridiculous. Like, Okay, so Boise State was up like early in the game. I think they're up fourteen to six, and they go on to lose pretty convincingly. I, that is just that's I can now I get why you all keep saying that Boise State's tough to take because I was on them. It's like that was ridiculous. But John, I'll give it to you. Last week's action. I'm gonna be like Andy here in a few minutes. I got Nebraska plus six and a half, and like it's every overtime. I'm like want it to end. Now it's going to a fourth overtime. Oh my god, it's still going. Ne- I saw the score. Nebraska and NC State. Yeah. Wow. It's going to the fourth overtime now, tied. Like they've just blown like every overtime. They're ahead by two near the end, and they they end up wow. tied. I know. I know they're gonna lose by seven in this next overtime, but <laughs> oh my god. In any event. Um, <laughs> degenerate moment of the our week. Dege- our degenerate moments of the week, Dave, both for me and Andy right now. Um, yeah, what can you say about Saturday's uh, whole weekend's slate of college football? I mean, um, Michigan—they they finally did it, and good for them. Um, they just—they just ran it right down their throats, really, the whole game. It was like old school football. They established the run. They stopped the run. Um, you know. Stroud and their offense ended up getting it going kind of later in the game, but um, they, they just couldn't stop them at all. And uh, Michigan, number two in the country, like who would have thought it beginning of the season? Just craziness and uh, good good for them. Um, and really, it was you can kind of see it from the start too. That that's kind of where it was where it was heading and in, in the, the result of the game. And um, you know, you, you got these people like. Uh, you know, going after Ryan Day, it's like, you know, the Ohio State loses one game and like these people are like just all over him. I mean, you know, Michigan they've lost what, ten in a row to Ohio State. Like give give Harbaugh some credit. You know, like they the biggest move he made really this year was bringing in that new defensive coordinator from the Ravens, um, McDonald, to replace whoever they had. Um and, you know, that they completely changed their defense around and and that was a huge factor especially against, you know, they've always had trouble stopping Ohio State. And uh, uh, that certainly was not the case for most of the game this year. They really held them in check. So um, that was a huge result of the week. Um, the Bama-Auburn game, I mean, man, Bama-Auburn's got to be kicking themselves so many times. I mean, they had that one guy, the best defensive lineman, like, gets ejected. So that was a huge, huge, uh, huge thing there that, that had an effect on the game. Even then, the, the running back goes out of bounds late in the game, adding 40 seconds onto the clock, which ended up being a difference because Bama scored with barely um, barely any time left when they went in for their for their uh, their drive there when they ended up tying it. Um, so that was a huge play. And then, like, Brian Harson, like, go for two, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, 
you score the touchdown in overtime, you have the two-point conversion to win the game. Like, go for it there. Like, why would you want to get into the two-point shootout at that point? Like, just go for two to win the game. Like, I, that was a that was a, a mistake to, to not even to not do that. And they they had a good two-point play too because they they converted on their first attempt in the that stupid system, but they converted it. So if he had run that play there, game over. Um, but so it shouldn't even really have gotten to that point. Like Auburn's got to be kicking themselves. But you know what? Georgia should take care of Alabama this week. I would have to say. So we'll we'll put an end to the tide after after Saturday. I, I would I would think. But um, and the, Bama's offensive line was just so bad. Like I can't see them blocking Georgia uh, in this in this game coming up. But um, so that was the, a huge game in the middle of the afternoon. And then the nightcap, you had Bedlam. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You thought it was going to be the same old thing where, like, Oklahoma State couldn't get over the hump against their rivals. You know, like, some turnovers and uh, just some crazy goings on in that game. And then, um, you know, they really ratcheted up their defense and, and they just barely pulled out the win. Again, for selfish purposes, like, I don't understand why Gundy went for two up four so soon. Like, you do that when there's, like, a minute left because then, okay, like, you would want them to kick the extra point. But, like, you essentially just you screwed yourself because then if Oklahoma scores a touchdown, then you can't kick kick a field goal to win the game. Like there was like nine minutes left when you went for two. But selfishly, as someone who took them four and a half, I would have liked them to, to just kick there. But in any event, they got the win and um, they're in great position now. Uh, we'll see about this weekend. You know, the committee could pull some shenanigans and put them ahead of Cincinnati. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But we can we can talk about that after. But, yeah, those are the three main games. Um, yeah, that North Carolina State game was just just wild. Um, you know, <laughs> there's really nothing else you can say. Like, I don't know how much longer Mac Brown is for North Carolina, honestly. Like, he's just he's just not with it. Um, then, yeah, Dave, Dave, you're right about Boise. Like, that was another game. The, the – spread moved like four points to make Boise like a three point favorite. And then they just completely just choked in the, in the second half. But um, yeah, great, great weekend of rivalry action. And that's all you can hope for um, on the last weekend or Thanksgiving college football. And I'll just mention one other thing about coaching. I, I forgot to mention before um, Mel Tucker, $95 million, man, that, you know, that is just bizarre. For what, how many wins does this guy have so far? Twelve wins? Like that's just—he they set the market for sure for future coaches. That's all he did. He's not going to last that those ten years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, and I, I know that he was. I knew he was going to get an extension. I didn't know it was going to be that much. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I guess if they can afford it. All right, Andy. Andy, let's give it to you for the recap of last week's action too. Yes, yeah, I don't know. I, I need an econ major to figure out how all these college picks and coaches are, are making so much money. I mean, there's the state. Uh, you know, if I were you, you know, if I was a staff member at any of those schools, I'd be furious. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, we could pay like you know, right. like. And then you don't. Know, I mean, we all these assistants have to get paid too. It's right. crazy. It's crazy. Right. And within the buyouts, like, I, where does Florida have all come up with all this money? I mean, I know they got boosters. And Theoretically, it's a public institution. It's like, where are you getting this money? Like, anyway, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. It's crazy, but yeah, um, that Alabama Auburn game was was just nuts. Um, Auburn gagged that away. They yeah they had that game stolen from the jaws of victory, which weird like. In the previous game where Alabama always struggles at Auburn, 
and they lose, it's like you watch the game and it's like, all right, they look like sh- they look like crap, but I, I think they'll pull it out and then they don't. Saturday was different. It's like they're not like they're dead. Like they're not gonna win this game and somehow, some way they end up winning. You know, everything that could go wrong was going wrong for Alabama. And in that fourth quarter, like they couldn't even get good snaps on field goals on fourth and one. Uh, Bryce Young had, like couldn't get like the low snap. You know, they they were dead. They were absolutely dead. Yeah, and, you're right. Um, they just they can't. I mean, it all changed when the Auburn running back went out of bounds. Hunting, very haunting. But you know, credit Bryce Young. He went 97 yards in, in the big play in you know biggest drive of the game a couple fourth down conversions um <laughs> alabama kicker had to make a big field goal in the second overtime um so yeah they they survived with a hair their chinny chin chin and you know yeah i think georgia you know half half of me is like georgia we're gonna kill him we want to pound georgia now and then the other half of me is like well nick saban is diabolical maybe he's got a scheme to keep Georgia and check, but I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, my uh, Michigan, Ohio State, I, I was on Michigan. The only reason why like I really like Michigan was the night before I saw the weather forecast, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to – I think they'll slow down the Ohio State offense if it's going to be in a wintry mix. And, um, yeah, Harbaugh was due, you know, good for them. I still think I like if we do talk about the next week's games or whatever. I don't think it's a lock that Michigan's going to beat Iowa. Like, you know, Michigan. Really? Beat, yeah, I don't think so. Really? Michigan, oh yeah, wow! Yeah, Michigan lost to Michigan State. They should have lost to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Like, Iowa is the king of like muckability. Like, Iowa wins because That's, they that, wow. they create turnovers. They cause mm-hmm. fumbles. They mm-hmm. return interceptions. They weird shit happens. Yeah, I don't. It's no guarantee Michigan wins. You know, recency bias. Yeah, they're gonna win. Right. But you know, Michigan, they 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 muck it up too. They, they That's what I was thinking. Like, I feel like they would out muck. You know, they, they would... Rutgers covered against Michigan. That's oh yeah, 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 that's true. That's yeah, true. it. We'll that's see. True. But um, Bedlam was entertaining. I'm I'm glad Gundy was able to turn it around. And that I was pissed. You know, I had a. I was lucky to get Oklahoma State minus four, but I also had. Oklahoma State in a money line parlay with uh, who did I have UCLA and some other team maybe Nevada but you know when Oklahoma State was down nine I was I was pretty irate but yeah it was great that on that rivalry Saturday you had Bedlam Iron Bowl and the game all mean something and all have an impact on the playoff picture um, just a just a good day of following the pigskin. Yeah, even that Friday 9 a.m. local start for Boise State, San Diego State. I was golfing. I didn't see how San Diego State turned it around in the second half, but I someone that had San Diego State plus three. I, I wasn't complaining. I hate Boise State. Hank Bachemeyer, get lost. I don't think <laughs> he's coming back here, but um, yeah. So we're gonna be into San Diego State, Utah State in the Mountain West Championship next week. Oh yeah, Meet Meet went dead, and Western Kentucky's a favorite against UTSA. That's interesting. Because that was a close game, fifty-two forty-six the first 
time around. I'll probably take Western Kentucky on Saturday. But um, yeah, it's, it was a it was a really entertaining last uh, regular season Saturday of of the year. Um, even you know every day I, was I, too. I took Wake Forest. I know like that was kind of a trappy game, but I hate BC and Wake Forest. They took care of business. I even watched Wake. You know, flicked the channels way too much of that Florida Florida State game, but Florida State backdoored, lost by three. We need that rivalry to mean something again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And kind of like the same deal with like, I wish Miami versus anybody meant anything anymore. Like that would be great to see that back. So what are you gonna do? But uh, anyway, uh, John, I, I, th- a lot, of, lot to unpack there, Andy. That's really interesting. You actually give Iowa a chance, which, no, I think your argument makes sense. It's just that I do feel like Michigan can out Iowa, Iowa. That's kind of my thought on that. But I'm, I, I, I think you know a lot more about these teams than I do. So, so I, I'm, I'm with, I, I, I totally feel you on. The, I totally understand your point. It's a really good argument. So, uh, John, let's go back to you for a sec. Um, I think. I think we both did the recap but i did want to follow up on some stuff um no i think that was it never mind okay let's go to the featured games i thought there was something else i was gonna say but forgot but yeah this is interesting so let me go back to to run this down so these are the pertinent games i think the, the featured games are really interesting here um conference usa andy's on western kentucky that's interesting oregon utah is the same night on friday is that an interesting game anymore? I don't know. It's a rematch of the game from earlier. Utah crushed them last time. I have no idea. I, I don't even care, I guess, at this point. Winner goes to the Rose Bowl. That's probably all it amounts to. Um, can you imagine, like, a Utah-Iowa... Wait, what would it be? Like, Utah-Iowa Rose Bowl or something like that? Or maybe Utah versus... That's not going to be a fun Rose Bowl. But anyway, uh, Big 12, Sunbelt, SEC, you see it all there. Um, here's the thing. Okay. So this is what I'm going to say about the SEC championship and the AEC too, actually. I think that Houston's going to be a live dog in Cincinnati. One, two, I think two things are going to happen with it. Uh, this is just my opinion, but I think two things are going to happen with the SEC game. Georgia is either going to win by a billion points or they're going to lose a game because I don't, I never for my entire life have ever trusted Kirby smart in a close game. He's proven to me why I don't trust him in a close game. He just doesn't coach well in close games. He's just not good at close games. He's not good at protecting leads. I just, I don't think they're the kind of offense that can come from behind either. Even though their defense is amazing. I'm just saying, like, if they're going to win, they're going to win by a billion points. I don't see, uh, they win by two points. Like, it's not going to happen. Bama wins or Georgia wins by a million. It's one of the two. And, John, what's the scenario with the game? I'm seeing the game. It's still like a two-point game. Yeah, Nebraska just made a three, thank goodness. They're yeah, okay. down three with two seconds left, so yeah. I think we're going to cover that one. Okay, thank cool. God. Whew, what a relief. But uh, but yeah, I, I think that's about it. I mean, did you want to, is there anything else you wanted to add before we go to picks, John? Oh, I'm sorry. We're supposed to be doing featured games. Excuse me. So let's go to featured games. I'll let you go first. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, really a great slate of action yeah, yeah. Um, for, for this weekend. It, I would agree. I think uh, at least the, the degenerate college football fan in me i'm more excited for the conference usa game on friday night over, over the pac-12 i mean mm-hmm. 
like you said, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, although that line is very, very fishy. So yeah. you're telling me that Utah wins by what 30 points at home. And now it's only minus two and a half on a neutral site. Like that's just telling me take Oregon for sure. Um, so that's pro- I'll probably make a bet on Oregon, but I'm much more interested in the Western Kentucky game. That's actually going to be part of my picks. So we'll save that. Um, the, the Baylor Oklahoma state game, you know, Oklahoma state's playing for the college football playoff, but you could almost say that there could be a little bit of a letdown aspect here yeah. after coming off of beating Oak, their rival in just such an emotional game for the first time in so long. And, um, you know, I mean, their defense is amazing. So they shouldn't, yeah, that should, shouldn't be a, a problem against Baylor. And, um, you know, the Baylor offense is, is pretty good. I mean, they run the ball really well. I don't know if their quarterback is going to be playing Bohannon. He had gotten hurt a couple games ago, but the replacement was uh, playing great. So we'll see. I, I think that'll be a pretty close game. I see the spread is five and a half right now. Um, I would lean Baylor in the under. That would be kind of my lean in that game. Um, I think that'll be a pretty pretty competitive game. And like I said, I think Oklahoma State might start out a little flat. Uh, you have the, the Sun Belt, Arcs, uh, App State in Louisiana. Obviously, Louisiana does not have Napier anymore, so that's a huge factor. So you'd have to kind of lean App State in that game. Um, you don't have the Mac on the screen, Dave. So that's Northern Illinois and Kent State. Uh, th- like the over-under is like 75. It should go over, I would say. Honestly, like these those two offenses on an um, uh, indoor track – I mean that, that's just gonna be points galore. Oh yeah, I think, for those two teams. So, yeah, I mean I just ran out of room. I mean I, there there are a lot of yeah, games. that's fine. No, it's fine. I mean there's like there's only ten games. And USC Cal will cap off the night. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try you with that one. Honestly, like, that's the smartest move ever because everyone's gonna be watch like watching the big uh, Big Ten ACC games yeah. and it's gonna be over at eleven o'clock and they're like shit. We want some more football. Well, guess what, baby? <laughs> we got USC and Cal. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you're right about that. In time, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll be into it for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think the MAC game will go over. That would be that would be my pick for that one. Um, Georgia, Alabama. Like I said before, I think Georgia should handle them pretty well. I mean, the, the line is trappy, but again, like you know, Saban could cook something up. But I just don't like. How are you going to block those Georgia guys on the defensive line? I, I just. And Georgia hasn't allowed more than 17 points in a game all year. Like Tennessee scored 17 on them. That was the highest point total they've given up all year. So, you know, I don't see the Bama, even if Bama gets 17, like I think Georgia could still get 20 on the offense. So I, I, I just think, I think Georgia's going to win. Um, and that should probably knock out Bama. And then you have Cincinnati playing for their playoff lives against Houston. I think Houston will be a trendy dog. I would lean Houston just because their defense is really good, but man, I, I don't know. That, that's a scary. Like I, I stupidly went with SMU a couple of weeks ago at Cincinnati, and they just got destroyed. I, I could almost see the same thing happen here. Although, like I said, Houston has the defense to stick in the game um, with with Cincinnati. Uh, I did see Houston play UConn last week, and they were okay. But I mean, again, like it was a game that meant nothing, so they probably weren't. They were just playing so vanilla at that point. Um, and then the, the, I, I also I'm going to be taking the Michigan game in my picks, so we'll save that. And then uh, the, the the ACC game should be interesting: Wake Forest and Pitt. Two great, I mean, two really good underrated quarterbacks with Hartman and Pickett going after one another. I think this is a game again it could be a lot of points. 
But I think the pit defense is going to be the difference in this game because they're much better than Wake's defense. So they'll get some stops. Um, and then I don't think Wake will be able to really stop Pitt uh, at all. So I like Pitt minus three in that game. So I guess that's kind of a quick rundown of of the games. And like I said, the other two I didn't mention, we'll, we'll talk about my picks. So um, love the slate this weekend, actually, for college. I wish I could do seven college picks. I would be all in on that instead of uh, NFL picks. But alas, we, we, go, we move on. I am very tempted to bet all the game, all all these games. Like, oh I'm, yeah, Dave. I think I'm gonna should do like a two dollar like twelve team parlay or something ooh. and see what happens. Like money line or spread or both or. Well, you do both. Do one with the spreads and one with the money line. Oh, there you go. Cost you just a couple bucks. So, yeah, you know, might as well, might as well do it. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, all right, India. Let's get back to you and uh, get your thoughts on these conference championships. There's a lot of good ones. Did we lose Edie? Oh, there no, he is. I, I switched to my phone. Hold on, hold on. I switched to my phone because I had to go to the laundry room. I think we're back. We're back. All right, all right. Yeah, so um, I heard John's recap. Yeah, like, what do you mean? I'm Who doesn't bet on every – I'm betting on every game. It's the <laughs> championship weekend, yeah. Let's do and it. I'm yeah. 100% on the track meet that will be the MAC championship i'm i'm locked in on kent state i'm locked in on utah state i'm locked in on oregon i'll probably take the dogs in the big 12 in the big 10 um app state i i know we love louisiana but without napier i i think i'll probably take app state and uh as we i mean i'm not i'll probably take Saban and then regret it because yeah, as John mentioned, Georgia, like Georgia is just a machine. But the thing about Georgia, the only way Alabama has a chance is like, if they can get up, like on, I don't think Georgia has been down more than like three or seven points all year round. So Benson Bennett has like Bennett hasn't had to do anything because he's, Everything's been on schedule. He's never had to throw like a hundred percent because they've never had to play from behind. So, you know, if Saban can do something in the lab to draw up some sort of magic potion, then that'd be nice. But if not, then Georgia is going to have a Georgia could have their way with Alabama. Like, it's not a vintage Alabama team. We've seen it. They can't run the ball consistently. And their defense is atrocious. Like their defense is not good at all. Um, so yeah, that's that's the scenario with the SCC. Um, I can see myself taking Houston and regretting it. Um, John knows. Like how? <laughs> imagine if Houston did not choke against Texas Tech week one in the regular season. Like it's crazy. That is. So. Um... Oh, was there more, or was that was that your recap? No, I was, I was just rambling on. No, I think that's that's about it. I, okay. As you mentioned, I think Iowa's going to be a live dog, and I think um, I think that I'm into. You know, I I like to make fun of the ACC, but Pitt and Wake are actually watchable this year because their quarterbacks are fun. Oh, forgot to mention a big fu to Virginia last week, choking <laughs> against Virginia Tech. 
big finger. But, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Like, we usually make fun of the ACC title game, but because it's usually Clemson favored by, like, five touchdowns, it's actually a competitive, interesting game this year. So, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Pit and, yeah, because uh, I don't – when's the next time you're going to – I don't think Wake Forest is going to be a traditional leaderboard on the ACC standing. So, you know, we could all look back and be like, remember when it was Pitt? Wake Forest in the title game on a Saturday night, wherever they play, where the Panthers are or whatever. But I'll be, I'll, I'm gonna be into it. Why not? Because it's, it's it's very uh, atypical from a now the opposite of atypical is Oregon, Utah. I feel like, oh, I'm hoping Dave, there's more juice in that Vegas stadium than Santa Clara. But I thought about this, and you guys can agree too, like the. The Pac-12, like, alumni, like, they're not going to go out of their way to go to, like, a Pac-12 championship game, whereas, like, people in the SEC and the Big 12, like, they're going to make it, like, a pre-Christmas trip or whatever to go to their title game. Pac-12 alumni, Dave, like, I don't know, they're all over the country. They're not going to go out of their way to go to Vegas and watch their old school, like, play in a Pac-12 championship game. No, sad reality. But I mean, listen, like I don't even know if I would do that if it wasn't my if my team wasn't in it, I probably wouldn't go all the way out of my way to watch it. So it might be a little bit of an easier sell of Vegas as opposed to Santa Clara. I mean, it's a nice area, but it's just you know that stadium is just so boring. <laughs> Niner fans have it talked is. about it. It's so yeah. I mean, I it is nice out there, but it's I don't know. There's like no ambiance. It's a there's no like. The acoustics aren't very good. Yeah. No. All right. So, guys, so fellas, I'm gonna propose this idea. So, here's the thing. This is a, a, a fun idea. I had we're talking about parlays and everything else. So, my question is, if you were to take the odds of the the futures odds, right? So, you have Michigan at eight to one to win. You have Alabama at. You have Alabama. At six to one, and then Georgia's like giving two twenty five. So it's a huge, huge favorite to to win the national championship, which makes sense. It makes sense. Like they've no one's touched them. But if if wouldn't it be interesting if you put a unit down on Bama to win the title? Because if for whatever reason they won the game, suddenly would they not be the favorite to win the championship at that point? What do you think? So you would bet on Georgia to cover. Because like I was saying earlier, I feel like Georgia's either going to win by 30 or they're going to lose. I don't feel like they're going to win by two. So if they don't do it, then it's kind of like there's a real chance that maybe you get a good return on it. There's still risk involved, of course, because in the playoff rounds, you don't know. But um, how would you play that? Like, would you would you make would you just put it out there just as a feeler, like a, a potential like half a unit on Bama to to win at six to five, six to one? Because Saban as a coach in a big spot it seems like a good spot. So you mean to win the, t- the entire like the yeah the whole thing yeah the whole thing yep yep like a futures bet. Well, I mean they'd have to beat Georgia again. I'm guessing because Georgia's not going to drop out of the four. Really? If they lose, yeah, I guess oh, you're yeah, right. Georgia's Georgia's in no matter what. They would drop like from one to four. Oh, that's a my, good point. My okay. Guess. So that's, that's a good point. I don't know if I could see them beating them twice. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would. If you if you think, see, I don't know. That's that's a tough call. Like, yeah. Uh, if you like, I, I would just rather just bet Bama for the money line for this game rather than for the 
uh, oh that's true championship. that's true yeah yeah that's true and i think that would be my feeling because they would have, like, like i said they have to beat georgia twice unless you think they they can then you know right. go for it but um that that would be my my call on that let anyway. me see what the money line is hold on let me see it's probably like one probably like 220 that's not bad yeah so it's kind of like it works too yeah it's too it's i see 200 okay so so you would take georgia giving six and a half so you either break even or you win a unit in that scenario the only way you lose is if bama were i mean if georgia were to win by six points or less so that might be one way to approach that i don't know if that's necessarily good strategy but that would be one way to approach it absolutely so okay, well I, I did I completely forgot about that idea that Georgia could just stay in the playoff. I didn't think of that. Okay, so never mind. Yeah, Georgia could lose thirty-five nothing. They're still getting in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, good. They're point. the only lock I think at this point. The rest of the teams could still, in the four could still be out, but there Georgia's in for sure. Yeah, yeah, good call. Okay, so never mind. That was it was well it was it was well spirited, but not a good <laughs> not a good idea. Okay, so let's go to the um what are we doing? We're doing the picks, I guess, at this point. So yes, let's go to the picks. It's gonna be a fun weekend. So folks, I cannot wait to see what your what your picks are. And John, we'll start with you to, with um with the conference championship round. Let's go to you now, John. Let's get your picks for the conference championship weekend. All right, Dave, very excited for this weekend. Um, so we're going to start off, like you said, Friday night. Um, we're going to take Western Kentucky minus three at UTSA. Um, actually, the last loss for Western Kentucky was against UTSA at home. It was a very, very competitive game, a high-scoring game. You expect the same thing this time. The difference since then is the Western Kentucky defense was like, like absolutely horrendous, one of the worst in the country to that point. Since then, they've been just merely just kind of average, which is fine. If they give up 25 a game, it doesn't matter. 30 a game, it honestly doesn't matter because they have like the most dynamic passing game in the country. We talked about it before. Bailey Zappi has like 50 touchdowns this year, and their offense is just on a complete roll. They've scored 45 or 50 points in every game in that winning streak since um, the game against UTSA. They're, they're playing just tremendous football. Uh, UTSA's defense is, is not great. They should not, they're not going to be able to stop um, anything that uh, Bailey Zappi in that attack throws at them. Um, you know, we did, we love the UTSA program. We've been on them all year. They've been kind of leaking oil here at the end of the year. They just had a miserable game at North Texas. Now, again, the game didn't mean anything. So, um, you know, you can kind of uh, give them a little bit of a pass, but they did not really play well. Uh, before that, they barely escaped UAB. They should have lost that game. Before then, they struggled with a Southern Miss team that was just running the Wildcat the entire game. They only won that game by uh, it was like a touchdown. It was nip and tuck the entire way. They were behind in the second half. So they've been kind of sneaking, you know, kind of getting away with, with uh, some close wins. Maybe their record's a little bit inflated, but this Western Kentucky team is just absolutely rolling. And I don't see how um, UTSA is going to stop their offense. And you can just see by the, the line movement in this game. I mean, it's just crazy. An 11 and one team who beat Western Kentucky earlier in the year is now an under a three point underdog at home to a seven and five team in the conference championship. So it's just, or I'm sorry, I think they're eight and four on Western Kentucky. They they started off, um, I believe, one and four. And they've won their last seven games. So and 
Uh, I do think they're going to win on Friday night, but it should be a good game. If you're a lot of points, Western Kentucky and, and the over will be my play. So officially Western Kentucky minus three for pick number one. And then for my second game, I completely agree with Andy. Give me Iowa plus 10 and a half. I mean, how could you not like another thing that like I kind of correlate high spread and extremely low total. It's 10 and a half. The over under is 43 and a half. I mean, it's just crazy. So this game is just going to be really ugly. Um, Ferenc knows how to how to get down and dirty with these these games like like any like nobody really. Um, their defense is fantastic. Michigan's offense really isn't explosive. I mean, they're very efficient for sure, but Iowa's not going to give them anything in terms of like big plays. So they're going to force them to grind out the clock and go down the field, and that's going to take time off. Um, they could get a few stops in the red zone. This is just going to be a very close game. And you know, I hate to say that Michigan is going to have a letdown, but let's let's be real. Like that was one of the biggest wins in I would say almost school history, really, after losing to Ohio State for so many years and finally getting the monkey off their back and getting to number two in the country. I know they're playing for the college football playoff, but I could see them coming up flat in this game. Um, you know, even with everything on the line. And I, you know, I was, you know, Iowa's offense is certainly nothing to write home about. I mean, they're they're bad, but I think they can do enough to stay score 14 points and that should be enough to cover i think i can i can see this being like a 20 to 14 kind of game iowa even with a chance to win it late um if things go their way so as long as there's no like stupid turnovers or anything like that i think Iowa will, will stay within this number so um and the half is huge so uh we'll go with western kentucky minus three and iowa plus ten and a half are the conference championship weekend picks well, in the end, I do hope you're right about the Iowa game because then there would be a good game. It'd be a close game. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But look, you guys, much respect to you both. I, I mean, clearly my interpretation of this game probably is not is not as well-founded as yours. Um, I certainly feel... Because, you know, the beginning of the year, Michigan looked pretty... They, looked, they were whatever. So I might be utilizing some recency bias. So um, good luck. Absolutely. Hopefully that hopefully it turns it works out. So uh, let's go to Andy. Let's get your picks for the conference championship weekend. Yeah. Uh, checker on a checker with John game one or his game two, my game one, I'm Iowa. But I also love his analysis on the, on the Western Kentucky UTSA game as well. But just keeping it simple with Iowa, I think, you know, Michigan, if it is possible to have a letdown game, it, it's there. You know, they just beat Ohio State. And I know they have everything to play for this weekend. But like I said, with Iowa, like, they have they have the best – one of the best muckability teams in the country. You know, it's – they're not fun to watch. They're certainly not fun to play against. And, um, yeah, Dave, when we were there in L.A. watching that Penn State game, it was disgusting to watch. Oh, that's but, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, they, they, they create turnovers. They, you know, they block punts. They, they just do all sorts of dirty, gross, weird things. And, and, and as John mentioned, like, it's not like Michigan is going to go, you know, Bink, 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 explosive offense. It's going to be methodical. And they can be methodical. They could run it down Iowa's throats if they can. But if Iowa can hold them to, you know, 
field goals, 30-yard field goal, 27-yard field goal, 35-yard field goals. They can block a punt. They can get a couple turnovers. They're going to cover. They might win outright. So game number one, give me Iowa getting 10.5. And game number two, I'm going to take Utah State in the Mountain West game, getting 5.5 from San Diego State. Seeing nothing of that game against Boise State, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, maybe that comeback took a lot out of them. Listen, I, I like San Diego State. I, I like the kicker. I, I like the coach. I don't think their quarterbacks are very good, but they don't win because of the quarterbacks. They win because of the running game and their defense and, and the, you know, the punting, <laughs> if you can believe it. But, you know, I'm just – it's a weird game. You know, it's a weird conference. You know, not a lot of people are going to be going out of their way to watch the Mountain West championship game, but we're going to bet on it. And we don't, you know, John and Ron talked about Utah State throughout the year and how their coach, you know, wasn't in the greatest situation, but has kind of turned that program around rather quickly because the other Anderson guy who had been there a couple times already kind of just left that program like in a lurch. I don't think they had a very good COVID year last year. I think Gary Anderson just like quit on them. I, I forget the details, but um, yeah, the Utah State had a surprising year. Started out, you know, upsetting Washington State week one, and uh, they've done nothing but kind of cover and just hang around in that Mountain West Conference. And like I said, it's great not to see Boise State in the title game. So. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna like soak this in on a Boise State free Mountain West championship game. <laughs> I wanna be tuned in and invested, and uh, so give me Utah State plus five and a half. Super cool, Andy. Thank you for the picks. All right, we'll see what happens on Mountain on the Mountain West game too. So we go to the Ron's picks next, and here they come. Here we go. So we're gonna go. With these two from Ron in New Jersey, sending sent by via the text. So a good matchup in the ACC championship game. It looks like one that could have a lot of points too. Wake Forest against NC State. Ron is going to go with the underdog Wake for Wake getting three and a half points in this championship game. Game number one. Game number two. He's not going to fool around with this. He's going to take Georgia giving six and a half against Alabama for the SEC championship. That is going to be a really fascinating game. And so uh, for the picks Ron has, Wake Forest plus three and a half, and Georgia minus six and a half for the conference championship weekend. All right, now up to my picks. The first one I love. The second one I don't love, <laughs> I'll be honest. But, but let's just see. Let's see if this if this has anything for us. Okay, game number one. Let's see. Let's see. Game number one. Okay, game number one. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big. I'm big on this. Here's. Uh, I'm gonna go with Baylor getting five and a half against Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve Championship game. Very similar principle to what John was talking about with I with Michigan having a huge letdown after beating their rival after a long time not beating their rival. So it's a good principle to utilize. And I also thought Baylor was just a good team anyway. I think they've been playing well. Dave Aranda is a real deal. It looks like his coaching ability is great. So I think it's good value. I'm going to take Baylor. I think they're going to win. So game number one. Game number two. And 
you know, this is why I'm so happy to do these shows with you guys, because... Man, if it weren't for you guys, I would be so lost in all these games. But nevertheless, I'm going to stay with my pick. And I'm going to take the Tide, getting six and a half. I mean, obviously, if I did that whole segment about it, I, I, I felt good about Alabama on some level against Georgia. And it amounts to this. We've just, we all talked about it. What's going to happen when somebody punches Georgia in the mouth? I just think they're, they're going to respond very poorly if that happens. So I'm betting on the possibility. It's very possible it doesn't happen at all, and they lose by 30 points. It's happened all year. But if they do trip up for whatever reason, if there's a fumble, if there's like a sack, if somebody gets hurt and like a key player gets hurt early, you know, I, I, if there's a missed field goal that they should have made, if they cross the goal line, it gets fumbled, it goes in the end zone, you know, so many things could happen in a tight game like that. What do they do to deal with the pressure? I think Alabama's more equipped to handle that scenario than Georgia. So it's merely playing a hunch, but I'm going to give take a chance on it. We're going to go Alabama getting six and a half to go with the Baylor Bears getting five and a half conference championship weekend. All right. Uh, so, yeah, let's go to Mike in North Jersey to round us out tonight. And here are his picks. Here we go. John, I mean, Mike has these from conference championship Saturday. And Friday, too, I feel, just technically speaking. But, oh, good thing I said that. The first game is uh, Utah giving two and a half in the Pac-12 championship on Friday. All right. So uh, that's game number one. Game number two, Mike is going to go checker on a checker with my pick. If you can believe it, he's going to go with Alabama as well, getting six and a half against Georgia for the SEC championship game. Folks, time will tell. Time will tell. Well, you got to I mean, if there was a fiddle of college pigskin, he could tell us the last time Saban's been a six and a half point dog. It's been a long, long time, folks. So it's just very interesting to play it. So the good thing is that there will be other games too. So those are the picks for Mike and North Jersey. And fellas, it was, it's been fun again. It's been fun. This this will be a good time. Um, last thing I'm going to say, ask if before I go, I'm going to be in Denver for the weekend. And I'm going to finally see my friend Coach, who I hadn't seen in a long time. But in Denver, I can place bets on the sportsbook app, part of the FanDuel app. So would any of you be interested in some futures bets? Let me know, and you can just like DM me, and I can you can Venmo me if you want. But you know, are there any futures bets that are coming to mind like in the near future, whether it's college football? I don't know, NFL playoffs, college basketball. I don't know. Let me know. But uh, I'll give it to you for final thoughts. Uh, John, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, I cannot wait for the slate of, of college action. Much more excited for that than the NFL this weekend for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, so it should be some, some great games there. And then we'll have the bowl matchups announced on Sunday. So that'll be fun to kind of – go through those and start thinking about your confidence pools and i i just can't wait for that so uh, a good weekend with the with the college scenario it's funny like dave remember when we did our august shows and we we're like oh man it's gonna be another year of alabama and clemson and ohio state and oklahoma true. Well, guess what <laughs> we've got we've got none of them <laughs> well alabama is still it's barely hanging on but we can get them out of there and it'll be a, such a refreshing oh i love it college football playoff i love this that year so we we definitely are excited about that. It's it's been a great it's been a great season. Yeah. So um yeah, I uh, can't wait for the games and I hope everyone has a has a profitable weekend uh coming up. 
Thanks for that, John. I mean, and likewise to, for you. I mean, the only thing that's kind of a that's only kind of like kind of unfortunate is that it's possible that Georgia just steamrolls everybody in the playoff. But other than that, it's, honestly, that's fine at this point. Yeah. Like just even watching a, a semifinal like Cincinnati and Michigan, that'd be so much fun to watch that. Yeah. Of like the usual crap that we get like on a you know for the Clemson and Ohio State for the thousandth time. Right. Like, no, let's right. get, get something new this year, which is which is good. That's true. That's true. It's nice to see a different team win, even if you know, even in dominant fashion, because Georgia hadn't won a championship since nineteen eighty. That's a long time ago. A long time ago. So um Andy, let's give it to you for final thoughts. Yeah, three quick hitters. Number one, uh the Tiger Woods event in the Bahamas will be into tomorrow. Um, I don't know who to take. Rory, I think it's like plus 650, but I'm going to take someone not named Rory. I'll jump in. I took Scheffler 16 to 1. So I like there it. we go. Because uh, it's usually it's probably going to be windy. Texas guys like the wind. I, I, I can see that. I can see that. And they'll probably have a TV set up for that on Sunday. A little monitor for that. Uh, point number two, piggyback on John Bull season uh we'll get the list of that probably you know sunday when all the invites are established obviously it's going to be disappointing when all these people are going to be like dropping out and stuff it's another wrinkle that we'll need to take in consideration with the confidence but we're going to bet on it we're going to gamble on it and we hope to be successful and point number three um i can't believe hawaii beat wyoming in the cold, like completely out of their element. I mean, Wyoming must have just not shown up. I know they, they're six and six are going to go bowl game, but I, I wonder if there'll be enough bowls to go around for the six and seven Hawaii Warriors to get a bowl. <laughs> I did, I'll jump in for one more point. I did see that there will be one six and six team left out. There's enough spots for everybody except for one six and six team. So some poor Conference USA or MAC team will be home for the holidays unfortunately mm. i wish they could create one bowl extra bowl just for this that one team to get in but alas so we'll yeah see so like i read that like some of these teams that are like six and six they have to really like look you know if you're like breaking down like a statement they need to look some of these wins if they're playing at like a like a f fcs school that like has like a lower threshold of scholarship players like it doesn't count as a win so like they're gonna really have to like lift these teams hoods to see what's going on yeah yeah that's crazy i actually hadn't didn't hear anything about that but i could see why like if they're they're parsing through who's going to get those final spots maybe that that's the deciding factor i think they use like bc as an example like bc like beat colgate but colgate like they only have like 50.2 percent players on scholarship so it was like might not count as a win i, I don't know but that's like I think the, yeah yeah i think at the end of the day like some the ones at least owned by espn they just like mix and match who they think will be a good i guess a good ratings thing or a good you know a good matchup on paper anyway i think that's at least for those anyway the, the privately owned bowls we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah one team will be out in the cold this year it's, it's going to be like Old Dominion or someone like that, like the six yeah, and six, I and just see that. someone from you know, the Cusa or the or yeah, the yeah. All you know, you know, all the SEC and like all the the big teams are are going to get a spot somewhere. So 
we'll see what the matchups look like. I, I can't wait to see. You know, there's going to be some ugly ones this year. I know I, there's a lot of 6-6 six and six teams. BC, Maryland. I can just see that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's going <laughs> down. Yeah, that, that bowl in Detroit, the Quick Lane Bowl or the Motor City Bowl or whatever the hell it's called now, it's, it's always played at, like, 11 a.m. on, like, a Monday afternoon. It's going to be BC and Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my oh, god. My you know, we'll be betting it. So who cares? Yes, we will. You know it. Yes, you know it, buddy. Um oh, what was I gonna just uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. So let me ask you this. Like, where do you see some of these teams? Oh, the thing I was gonna say is that the good thing about us doing this contest for like all like for nineteen weeks is that we don't have to pitch in we don't have to shoehorn all the bulls into one week anymore. We can actually spread it out. So just just so you know, like we can do two bull you know, every week when we have bull weeks. Do two bowls, and we can do that for like the rest of the month. Sounds good to me. Like, yeah, the more bowl picks we can get in, the better. Yeah, my yeah. Policy. I just thought of that. Like this is a you know we should we should take advantage of that. Like this is a this will be a really good opportunity. So yeah. So the question I was gonna say, in addition, where do you see Notre Dame? Do they, I don't think they make the playoff at this point unless Cincinnati just throws up a bomb. Um, where do you see Cincinnati? Where do you see Bama? assuming that they do lose to Georgia, like where would they all end up going? Well, I mean, if, if Bama's out, so we're going to assume Georgia wins. Yeah, so yeah. assuming Georgia wins, Michigan wins. I know we picked Iowa to cover the spread, but let's just say Michigan wins just for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati wins. Well, then you got one spot left. If Oklahoma state, probably if they win, but if they lose, I mean, I almost want to see them have to put in Notre Dame because of that jackass chairman that came on there last night and was talking about how, oh, well, we're going to take into account if Brian Kelly isn't there, like going to completely punish those kids, for, you know, because Kelly is a, like a greedy prick and wanted to go to LSU and like leave his team like that. Like that would be such nonsense. But um, the way he was talking, they would be out, unfortunately. So at that point, I mean, I don't know. I, w- I would say if Oklahoma State wins, they're in for sure. But if they lose, maybe maybe Baylor gets back in the mix. Honestly, that at that point, I don't, I honestly have no clue who they would take. So I just hope it it ends up, um, you know, Bama's out, Oklahoma State wins, the favorites win, and then you'll have like Georgia, Oklahoma State, and then Cincinnati, Michigan would be your, I guess, your semifinals at that point. So interesting. So interesting. Andy, any other thoughts you want to add to quick hit that? Uh, I I'm kind of rooting for chaos. Yeah. I want Cincinnati to be in it. It'd be funny if Notre Dame like by the, the yeah, fall. By but default. that I mean that yeah. you would need yeah you need Baylor to win you need Iowa to win you need Georgia to win, and then you'd have you know, you'd have some muck. That's you'd some, have some legit muck. Bigly muck. Yeah. All right. Well. That's, but Notre what, Dame, like Notre Dame, they're gonna they're gonna they'll get a New Year's Six Bowl one way or the other. Yeah, like, too many wins. I but agree. I wonder who it would be against. Like, we could see like you could they probably do like a Notre Dame Alabama like I don't know it'd be like a Sugar Bowl or something like that. But then you yeah, have so to the, question the, the conference. Motivation. Yeah, the conference tie-ins still apply for the Rose Bowl, so that's going to be. I mean, we're gonna again, we're gonna assume Michigan wins, so. The next highest Big Ten team is probably still going to be Ohio State. So it'll probably be Ohio State and, say, whatever, Utah or Oregon for the Rose Bowl. Rematch. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, 
the Sugar Bowl is, I believe, still the it was at the playoff this year. The Sugar Bowl, I, uh, I'm not sure. I think it might no, be. it's not. It's it is not the Sugar because that would be on January 1st, and it's on the 31st this year. So it is not the playoff. So that's still in the Big 12 and SEC. So that's probably the Big 12 loser in Ole Miss, I would guess. Um, then you have like a, there's the the Peach is probably like there's one bowl that's like two at large teams. So like the two highest ranked after that. So like Notre Dame and um, I don't know, maybe Michigan State slips in there, which would be kind of gross at that point, but they're they're pretty high. So, um, and then the Orange Bowl is the ACC winner against, yeah. again, another highly rated team. So you could see like Pitt against, uh, I don't know, Pitt against uh, Iowa maybe. Ugh, that's That's gross. That's pretty ugly. I know. I remember have to that look. Orange Bowl, Florida, Virginia, for a couple of years ago. So. Oh cool. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, we'll we'll, we'll um yeah but maybe Bama would be in that Orange Bowl again. Oh my God, <laughs> Bama against like Pitt. Ugh, that's, uh, they they can't do you that. You take Pitt like <laughs> yeah, Alabama never covers those games when no, they're like absolutely not. Outback Bowl, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, one of like uh, Alabama, Utah. Yeah, I'd probably take Utah that spot if it was those two. Oh, you're talking about what back in the day, like when uh, Urban Meyer was coaching Utah, like that back way back when? No, it was Whittingham. It was like when Alabama, you know, when they're like ten and two, and oh okay, they're they're not in the playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Oklahoma do that too. I, mean, I think they beat them outright, if I remember, or was it Oklahoma? No, I think that's right. I think that's what I remember. So yeah, watch out for that too. Yeah, that that's gonna be a fun topic when we get to the like the bowl previews. Like when we get to that, like in a couple week, in a week or so, that'll be a topic. Well, who's motivated to win? Who will opt out? You know, stuff like that. So, all right, guys. Well, I did take- see the first bowl was announced already because they have to do the whole passport scenario. So the Bahamas. So it's gonna be. Toledo and Middle Tennessee State in the Bahamas. Oh yes, <laughs> so yes, start, your, <laughs> start your research already. Bet the over, man. That sounds that's like a, a fun one. Bowl. I mean, it's not a great. Bowl. I mean, that's just like a degenerate. Oh yeah, it's like probably like one o'clock in the afternoon too. So you know, sign me up for like a half day from work and go to the bar and get some Bahamas bowl action on like can't can't get any better than that nice yeah I love the Bahama bowl the Boca Raton bowl unless that's still around I don't know if that's around I hope it's still around (laughs) with it all right guys well good luck tonight good luck this week I'm hoping for some ham I hope we all well do well in these picks like this will be a really fun weekend so uh take care I'll send my best from Denver once I get there but uh, I'll, yeah, take care, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again next week. Uh, and good luck, everybody. Take care. Right. Thanks All for right. having us. Sounds good. Got good it. Luck. Good luck, everyone. See ya. Take care. Peace. Well, that's it for Andy and John. Good show today. It was really fun. Um, hope you all enjoyed it. That was a, uh, well, we really did a lot in, in this particular edition of the of the show. So hope you enjoyed it, too. We, if you want, if you missed any of it, you can check our replay here on YouTube, or if you're listening on the podcast, the podcast, or if you're listening on the podcast, you can check all our replays 
for other episodes as well. Because if you're listening to the podcast, you can rewind it. But if you if you missed any of our other shows, you can check those out on our podcast feed, Dave in the City Out West, or go to dickcow.com for, for all the latest episodes and past episodes going all the way back to the very beginning in 2009. So until then, good luck, everyone. I'm Dave Medina. Please have a good rest of your evening, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Um... And uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to us, we're on Twitter at DitCal. And you can also comment to us in comments on the website if you can believe it. Have a good rest of your week. Enjoy the conference championships and the NFL weekend. We'll see you next time.